Welcome to the One Up Project. Money is fuel that that allows you to do things. It doesn't need to be taboo. What you don't want to do is wake up at 65 realising you did something you hated and have regret. Go and find people who will give you advice for nothing. This is a space for personal growth and money chat with new perspectives every Monday. This bit of content, listening to this, is going to be a small little breadcrumb of something that makes them think a little bit differently. For all the things we were never taught but should have been. At the end of the day, the most important person is yourself. And if you're not happy with your own choices, then you're never going to be happy. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the One Up Project podcast. I'm back again with Jess Smee from Solutions Financial Services. How are you today, Jess, as you take a <laughs> sip of water? <laughs> it's time to ask you how you are. I'm good, how are you? I'm very good. Thank you so much for jumping on again today. Right. We are very excited because we're going to talk about, this is actually a request from you guys, and it's how to manage multiple money priorities, which we all have, and it can be extremely overwhelming to try and decide which debt we pay off first, which things we do first, how we, you know, how we do everything at the same time. We want to do everything and then we end up feeling like we're doing nothing. How do we manage it all? It is easy to become stressed when you have all of these money priorities, you know, debt, travel, mortgages, etc. the list goes on. So Jess, how would you suggest we go about understanding like what we actually have or want to pay for? Basically, I think when you First, sit down. I always say this. Everyone's going to be like, stop talking. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think we all have multiple priorities going on one time. Like for me personally, I have, you know, paying off a mortgage. I'm trying to save for my own wedding, which is happening in a year. Mm. Um, Still want to go on overseas holiday because none of us have traveled in two and a half years. So I think the most important thing is sitting down and actually mapping them out. Like what is the most important thing to you? And then you sort of start going down your list. Mm -hmm. And then when you work out how much money you're earning each month or whatever it is, you figure out what's above the line and what's below the line. So once you've allocated your money, you know that the other priorities under that line and they can't make it at this current time because you don't have enough money to Mm. fund it all. Like we can't do it all. So you do really have to pick like maybe two to three top priorities for you. Mm-hmm. And then the other ones do have to sit on the sideline because we, we actually can't do it all right yeah. now. And so what you're referring to when you say above the line is the ones that will actually fit into your budget yeah. versus those that don't. Yeah. It is easy you know, to start to feel overwhelmed. I'm sure even yourself with yeah. all of these things you have going on at the moment, you probably have moments where you're thinking, how the fuck am I yeah. going to manage all of this? Yeah. Like how, how do you personally navigate that stress? Yeah, well, I mean, I literally have these situations right now Mm. real real time we have a lot of mortgage debt um which is just part of life and you can't really get around it we're saving for a wedding as well well like those are not cheap (laughs) bloody expensive actually um what my partner and I have done is we sit down and we work out how much we have left over after we've paid for our mortgage and stuff like that how much disposable income do we have left and then we've figured out what the budget is for the wedding and then we work backwards. So we figure out, so if we start saving now and the wedding's in 12 months, this is how much we need, this is how much we have to put away. Mm. And if we can't afford it, we have to bring the budget down. Right. So like just being quite realistic about what your priorities are, how much it's going to cost and working backwards. And there's actually a really good tool on Sorted. Um, it's called, it's like a goal goals tool or like an investor investor kickstarter or something like that 
Um, and you can put in what your goals are and how much it's going to cost. And it literally spits out the figure for you and tells you mm. how long it's going to take for you to get there. So I think like with people, like for example, a lot of my friends want to go overseas and, you know, go on their OE and move to London and stuff like that. And they know it's going to cost, they ne- need to have like 20 grand. Mm. Um, and just doing that, as soon as you have the idea that that's what you want to do, that is your, it might be your priority number one. You then go on to Sorted, you put in the amount that you need and it tells you how much you have to save now so that you have that amount when you get on that plane. Mm. And then once you've got that amount, it's like you kind of like it's set in stone now. You can put your automatic payment on, move it to a different account, hide the account so that you can't see it and then you know that you're going to achieve that goal. Mm. I think like there's nothing worse when you really want to do something but you can't see the pathway of how you're going to get there and you mm. think, oh, I'm, I'm not going to be able to achieve that, I'll just throw it away. Mm. Because, like, we can have realistic goals. We just have to know how to get there. Mm. So sitting down and mapping it out is, like, really important. Yeah, definitely. And so for your wedding budget, for example, how exactly did you work out, I guess, in line with what you could both afford, how much you were going to spend on that? Was that quite difficult to do? We sort of did a bit of an Excel spreadsheet. Like, we talked to friends and stuff and did like rough ideas of what things were going to cost. Right. But yeah, you could definitely say that we're trying to not do the classic social media wedding mm. because I I just find it hard when you look on social media and you see, oh, everyone's having like these beautiful extravagant weddings that mm. cost, you know, so much money. Um, I find it hard because you just want to fit into that mould as well. And, and sometimes you just can't when you have other priorities like mortgages or things yeah. like that so you we basically were like well we just can't do that so we have to scale it back yeah but it is hard because you do like people want to have it all and do it all and stuff and you know when you've got budget constraints you just have to make it work mm. it sounds like it would have been quite hard to say have an idea of what you want and then kind of have to be brought back down in a way to then adjust to what you could have yeah is that quite hard yeah and I think you just also can get quite creative as well I think because with weddings specifically people often feel pressure to have a certain type or that you need this that and the other thing and it's probably you would probably know now more than ever having gone like about to go through it because I think before you before like having a wedding becomes a realistic thing you're like have an idea of what you do and then when you actually have to do it that's when you're like oh yeah okay and everything's so expensive Mm. and like everything's on the rise as well like we were talking about inflation rates before and stuff like that my mortgage payments are going to be a thousand dollars more expensive per month than Mm. they were a few months ago so that obviously changes things because now that $1,000, which I might have you know, attributed towards saving for the wedding, I can't mm. do that anymore because you do have to have a buffer. You know, we can't, we can't just try and spend every dollar that we earn because then we get into situations you know, where your mortgage goes up and we haven't accounted for that and then we're really struggling. Yeah, it's hard to navigate, mm. but I think that you're silencing all the noise around you to be like, okay regardless of what else is happening in my life and whoever else is involved within that life, what are our priorities or what are my priorities mm. and what can we realistically actually yeah. do to make sure that those happen? We all sort of have some idea of things that we want to do. And, mm. But if we don't actually write them down or know how much they cost, 
that's when it gets really hard and that's when things like blow out of mm. proportion as well and you might end up spending double you know yeah. and things like that like we went to New York a few years ago that was like our last big overseas trip before the pandemic hit and that was ten thousand dollars per person I think whoa <laughs> and then we got home and I had a look at what I'd spent and I nearly died <laughs> <laughs> and that's because I had not planned properly yeah um and set a budget for myself so lesson to Jess set budgets always um so I ended up spending way over what I thought I was going to spend and I just got stuck in that snowball of you know I wanted to go to all the shops and I wanted to you know buy all the clothes and do all Mm. that and we went out for dinner meals three times a day and Mm. everything was more expensive than what we thought it was going to be yeah with the exchange rate and stuff like that and then yeah I just ended up spending so much money and then it takes a long time to actually come back from that as well yeah and because you're kind of unaware at the time of what you're spending or what kind of your limits are, you sort of just then go even harder yeah. in a way because you're yeah. like, oh, I don't know what's happening, but it's probably going to be fine. Yeah, because I hadn't, yeah, that you're exactly right. Because I hadn't set myself proper limits, I just, yeah, got a bit carried away. Yeah, no, it's definitely easy to do that. <laughs> um, and also another thing is the different types of, I guess, decisions people have to make like a common one that I often get questions around is you know do we pay off student debt or do we invest first mm. obviously you know that student debt is interest free yeah investing or growing your wealth like what are your thoughts on that I mean if you just try and do a little bit of both so you meet your repayments that you need to do yeah for your student loan and then trying to do a little bit of money and in investing I think is also a really good idea because yeah. then you're sort of getting that snowball that compound interest starting to happen as well and that's sort of working away in the that back end you know yeah um because like the younger you start the better you are yeah long term yeah and I, I was so I kind of changed over time for me what I was doing with my student loan was I was paying obviously you have to pay it through your tax code you have yeah. to pay your minimum repayments yeah but then I was paying extra voluntary payments on top of that like I think I was yeah I don't know how, I can't even remember but after a while, I was like, oh, well, I'm not investing as much as a result yeah. of putting these extra payments towards my student loan. And I realised that for me, I think that I didn't have any intentions to move overseas at that time. And so it potentially becoming interest-bearing wasn't a thought. Mm. And so for me, it made more sense to put more money into investing and then just to continue to pay off my minimum repayments. But I think it's also something that you bring your personal situation of course, with anything yes. and money, it's about bringing your personal situation into consideration. Um, but I guess that's how I sort of worked it out. And I would agree that, you know, doing a bit of both um, and still starting to invest, even if you've got student loan, is a mm. really positive thing to do. Yeah, like I, yeah, I mean, even, yeah, five, ten dollars a week or something, if you start young, mm. you actually can grow that to be considerable sums of money yeah by the time that you need it like I don't know if you've seen I mean I'm sure you have but when they sort of do side by side comparisons of someone starting with ten dollars a week yeah now yeah. versus someone starting with a hundred dollars a week in ten years time the person that started out with a lower amount but started first ends up better off yeah because they're taking advantage of compound interest yeah exactly which is just like growth on top of growth over time yeah and another common one I get is, should we pay off our mortgage 
or invest similar yeah. but different? Yeah, I think it's sort of the similar situation with this. Obviously, you are paying um, interest on your mortgage as well, and those are mm. continuing to go up and up. Um, mm. But yeah, I think trying to do both if you can. Yeah, and do you do both? Yeah. 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 And that works for you guys, you make that work. Yeah, like obviously I'm not really in a position to be investing heaps of money at this current moment because I'm juggling a few other priorities. So yeah. um, the investing sort of moved a bit <laughs> lower down my priority list at the moment and that's fine, like things mm. move around, like life happens, you know. Mm. Um, and yeah, but I always try and do both because I know you know, the outcome over time. And I'm sort of thinking, now that I've used my KiwiSave for my first home and stuff, I'm now thinking more long-term. Like, I yeah, want to be true. in a good retirement position by mm. the time that I get there. Like, I think um, it's wise for young people to not factor in superannuation mm-hmm. from the government because yep. it might not be around by the time we get there, you know? Yeah. We can't really count on it. Yeah. Um, and also, if it is, it's, like, not enough to fund your life especially mm. if you live somewhere like Auckland or one of the main cities in mm. New Zealand you know I think it's like $600 or something yeah and that's like not gonna cut it yeah especially if people are still paying mortgages and stuff which a lot of people are you mm. know so yeah I think we we do as a nation need to think more about long-term retirement planning as well I think you also touched on a really important thing around you know investing's moved lower on the priority list for you and, and yep. that's fine and and I think that is important to remember that it is fine different to a mortgage I was talking to someone about this how they had stopped investing in order to put money into their self-development so they're doing like self-development courses or mm-hmm. whatever it is they were doing yeah um, and so they forfeited their investment money to do that and I think it's important to know that if you have to do that for whatever reason, even if it's like, you know, you need to go to therapy or you need to spend your money on this thing, it's actually fine to stop investing. I think I, and I'm kind of talking to myself when I say that because I'm the kind of person that's like, oh, if I stop investing for six months to put money to something else, I'm losing all of these gains that I could be having had I put my money into my investments, which yes, to an extent is true. Um, But I also think if you are weighing up the pros and cons of the two things and you feel like this other thing is well worth doing, then you know in yourself that that's right and it's fine to justify that as well. Um, And with a mortgage, for example, you're still investing technically with a mortgage, building your equity and, you know, that's another form of diversification. So I think it's, as I said before, about bringing your own personal situation into, into consideration but also being able to justify that in yourself, that that's what you want and knowing that it's okay to to prioritise those things. Yeah, because I think what you've said as well is such a good example. Like if people aren't feeling mentally well, they might stop work as a result of that. Mm. Like that's pretty common these days, people feeling burnt out and having to take time off work and stuff. Mm. Whereas if people actually invest the time and money into themselves and making sure that they're feeling well. Like, that's going to flow into all other aspects of your life. Yeah, you know? exactly. So I think that's, like, a really good thing to note. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And how how have you, I guess, gone about working out what to prioritise? Is that the above-the-line, below-the-line type thing we were talking about before? Yeah, definitely. Like, I, I mean, we've always got multiple priorities on the go yeah and things that we like want to do in life and things like that but 
yeah as I said before mine are sort of always changing and I think everyone's are mm. to some extent like paying down a mortgage um which is bloody expensive yeah. <laughs> and takes so much yeah. of your income away you know you're like oh my gosh it's gone yeah <laughs> before I've even seen it um yeah and then obviously having to change some of your priorities like travel mm. and you know for a wedding instead or things like that always shifting around um mm. yeah and that's fine like that's life yeah we, we actually can't do it all and I think if we yeah. take that pressure off ourselves and stop trying to compare ourselves to everyone else and being like well this person's you know investing in cryptocurrency and stuff like that like just because they're doing it you don't doesn't mean you have to you know yeah exactly like we're all on our own journeys we've all got our own goals and things that we're trying to work towards and yeah yeah we've all got FOMO and we need to just (laughs) focus on ourselves and what we actually value is important yeah yeah self-comparison is a huge one yeah when it comes to everything but Mm. I think it actually fuels a lot of decisions people make and a lot of decisions they don't make Mm. because they are comparing themselves to someone who's seemingly at the same stage as them yeah but you often, and this has been proven to me time and time again through people on the podcast, people in my real life, you actually have no idea what someone's personal situation no. is when it comes to money specifically, but anything. Um, you really have no idea. And even though you know you think you know, there's always something else that you're just not aware of. And so I've actually got a good example. Um, someone told me a story about uh, someone that was trying to get a mortgage. Mm. And they couldn't get the mortgage because they had financed, like, some sports car. Like, I don't know what right. it was. Like a BMW or something. And then the partner had another sports car that they'd financed as well. So they're, mm. they're more focused on the image of looking good to the public. Mm. That now that they actually want to go and buy a house, they can't. Because they've already committed to financing financing a car for the next 10 years you know and things like that so people are always I guess trying to make out that they have more money than they might actually have and stuff but yeah I think when you strip it back you just need to focus on yourself and what your goals are Mm. and I know it's so hard like it's so much easier said than done because we all do it it's like human nature to compare and stuff but yeah when you set your own goals and you figure out how you're going to do those. Like, don't worry about what everyone else is doing. Mm. Everyone's just, like, floundering around. Yeah. <laughs> trying to figure out, like... Yeah. Like, yeah, everyone's got their own stuff that they're trying to do. So the sooner, sooner you realise that, like, everyone's pretty much in the same boat as you, mm. the better it is. Because you can just start focusing on yourself. Yeah, exactly right. And how have you gone about finding an effective money management system for yourself? Well, I guess, like, I know exactly how much I earn. And I know exactly how how much money is going off and expenses and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. like I'm constantly looking and seeing how much I've got left over and sometimes it's scary you know you're like I need a I know this expense is coming up on my rates bills coming up and things like that and so you do have to cut certain things out in order to meet your upcoming expenses Mm -hmm. um I do set money goals um quite often in my head but Mm -hmm. I should (laughs) I should sort of document those down, but I've I've set money goals since I was like fifteen. Wow! So I've always known like what I'm working towards. Yeah, yeah, and then I sort of figure out how much those are going to cost, and I work backwards always because mm-hmm. um, it's just easier that way. It's more mm. practical. And yeah, I 
try and just live within my means, mm-hmm. not not going above and beyond um, what I can afford. I also think another big one, like when you get a pay rise, live as though you haven't had one. Mm. Just try and like stick to what because you were you were living you were living just fine yeah yeah. (laughs) before you had that pay rise and now that you get the pay rise you think I'm gonna go spend it now that I've got more money coming in yeah like I when I got my first job out of uni I spent all of it on clothes every week Mm. I went shopping every day (laughs) Mm. and then when I finished that first year I thought I've like earned good money this year and I've spent it spent it all Mm. and I've got literally nothing to show for it Nothing that's appreciating. Everything that's just depreciating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I could have bought something worthwhile if I'd mm. actually had a goal, but I didn't that year. I was, you know, I finished uni and I thought I'm just going to live it up and I'm going to spend what I want to spend. And, you know, I thought that that would make me happy buying clothes and stuff and it's very short-lived. And then <laughs> you realise you've wasted a lot of money on things that you just don't need. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And when it does come to spending and debt specifically, you know, many people just want to get rid of debt faster so they can move on to doing whatever else they want to do. Would you have any, I guess, advice to pay off debt quicker or save faster? Yeah, well, definitely focus on the highest interest debt first Mm -hmm. and pay that down um, as quickly as you can. Mm -hmm. So if that means that you, you know, can't do other things that you want to do like going out for dinner and stuff so be it because you're actually going to end up being far better off if you can just get that nailed and out the way yeah um and then if you've got like a few different debts going on just yeah start with the highest interest one and sort of work back from there yeah once you've paid off the highest one take the money that you were spending on that and put it into paying off the next one don't just think oh I've got this money now that I can blow on something else you know so yeah paying paying off highest debt first and working backwards is a Mm. good one um same with saving try and like set a realistic amount you know like quite often you'll be like I can save $200 a month and you can't sometimes yeah (laughs) like you know life happens and you have unexpected expenses and stuff that come up so just try and set a realistic amount that you know is not gonna cripple you or you know that you're not gonna keep having to dip into it because you can't afford it Mm. and then stick to that set an automatic payment um you might have it going off in two different places you might have like an emergency fund of you know you're trying to save two to four months of wages mm. that's like a really good tip and I know that so many people don't have it because like we can't afford it because we haven't started yeah but once you start and you're just like slowly working that up yeah it's a really good thing to have I think so. I think it's like that's number one yeah I think once you have that you feel a lot more confident yeah more secure yeah yeah definitely honestly so many people don't have any leftover money or savings mm. because they just spend everything. If you do actually spend the time and figuring out how much you need as a buffer, it's like really cool mm. and it's motivating because you just feel a lot better. Because mm. like people stay up at night really stressing about money. Like I think money's one of the biggest stresses that we have that we face in our lives. Mm. So if we can like try and figure out some practical ways to eliminate that stress, like isn't that such an amazing thing? Yeah, <laughs> you know and. Like, we've got these tools and stuff. We actually just need to do it. Yeah. Like, we need to sit down and figure out how much we can save, how much we need, and just, like, do it. Being able to just do it requires having the right kind of mindset and attitude towards your financial situation. Mm. What, I guess, what kind of attitude do you carry when navigating your money situation and would suggest for other people? Well, I think I'm quite lucky because I'm around a lot of people that 
I can sort of bounce ideas off and stuff. Right. And like I obviously work in the industry, so like it is front of mind for us all the time. But even just like talking with a partner or family or friends about it, having some accountability with someone else other than yourself is quite mm. cool as well. Because mm. like it is hard to navigate these sorts of things on our own. My partner and I always, we actually always talk about money. It's a very open conversation in our relationship but I know it's like quite a taboo subject for a lot of people but just like opening up the dialogue you know this is what I want do you have any ideas or can Mm. I bounce some stuff off you yeah and I just also think just like don't be too hard on yourself Mm. if you mess up and spend money and you know you go out one night and spend a hundred bucks or something on drinks like don't beat yourself up about it you know like you've Mm. learned from that and then you can move on we're all gonna buy stuff that we don't need that's just life like (laughs) Yeah, that's why people are so good at advertising and stuff because we all <laughs> we all like want the next shiny thing, you know. Yeah. And yeah, it's just being a bit more conscious about it. I think is a really good place to start. Definitely, yeah, awesome. Thank you so much, Jess. No worries. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The One Up Project. If you want to find more stuff just like this, check out our other apps or follow us at The One Up Project on Instagram or TikTok. See you there. Just a quick disclaimer that The One Up Project is an educational platform that provides information that is general in nature. There may be opinions or an individual's experience within this resource that should not be considered as recommendations or personal advice. Everyone's financial situation is so different and you must use the information within this resource at your own risk. Please complete your own due diligence before making any decisions based on the information in this resource. I'm not a financial advisor and if you require expert advice, then please seek advice from a professional.